All right. So today, so we'll start talking about the structure of davening, of the Shmona Esrei itself, and the 18 brachos. So to begin with, and this is sort of, I suppose, a bridge, really, from the last two sessions to the next one. Um, this is brought down in Abu Darham. He says, it could be, Yachol Yishol Adam Tzarachav, it could be that a person um, would, we would think that a person should first ask for what he requires, V'acharkach Yispalel, and then Davin. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Like you're saying, maybe you would think this is, right? Mm-hmm. First, ask for what you need, and then do your actual davening, or whatever that means, yispalel, as self-assessment, or alignment of will with Hashem's will. Kfar shlomo. Shlomo has already explained to us, however, meaning that was not, was not a correct thought. You might have thought that, but it's not true. Shlomo already told us in Melachim, and it seems that this Pasuk is, I mean, when I went to look it up, I found that it was the same Pasuk as quoted in Devar Hayamim. But the original source of it is in Melachim and Kings. Melachim Aleph Ches, Pasuk Kav Ches. Well, I'm going to read the whole Pasuk because there's only a piece of it here. Ufanisa el tfilas avdecha ve'el trinaso. Shlomo, in dedicating the brand new, shiny Beis HaMikdash, says, Hashem, may you, may you turn to face, so to speak, may, may you um, listen to the tefillah of your servant, the el techinaso, and to his pleading or request, Hashem Elokai, Hashem my God, lishmoa to hear el harina ve el ha the rina and the tefillah, asher avdecha mispala lefanecha hayom, which your servant is mitpalel, is, I don't know what word we could use here, praying, <laughs> davening, before you today. Now, the fact that it's el harina ve'el hatvila asher avdecha mispalel hayom, granted, I suppose it's possible you might argue that we're saying, Hashem, please hear A, the rina, which we didn't translate. Some kind, it's usually translated as a singing praise. And B, El Hatfilah Sher Avdecha Mispala Lefanecha Hayom. To the Tefillah, which I, your servant, am Mit Palel, because Tefillah is Lashon Lehit Palel. It's the same root. But Chazal don't really take it that way. Or maybe they do, but anyway. What they say is, Rina Zotfila. Rina is Tefillah. Meaning it's. Listen to the Rina and the Tefillah, both bracketed together, which your servant is davening today. Meaning Rina is something you daven, just like Tefillah is something you daven. That the concept of Lehit Palel doesn't separate. Remember Abu Darham started by saying maybe you should ask for what you need, and then separately you'd have the Tefillah, like these would be somehow separate things. Mm-hmm. And what Shlomo HaMelech is telling us is that the singing, or sorry, he said, you should ask for what you need in the Davin. He's saying, no, the, the, the singing and the praise and the asking for what you need. Rina zo tefillah, tefillah zo bakasha. Rina is tefillah, tefillah is asking for your needs, bakasha, requesting. These are all the same process, 
It applies on all of them. Darash Rabbi Simloi, and so Rabbi Simloi said, um, expounds in the Gemara in Brachos Lamed Beis Amud Aleph, Le'olam Yaster Adam Shivcho Shel Hakadosh Baruch Hu Now this is interesting because now he separated them again, but the order is opposite. So there's a little piece we're going to have to follow again to to pull this together. So the Abu Darham started with the question, maybe you think, ask for what you need afterward, Davin. And, and it seems like he requires this pasuk in the middle to help us ex- define those terms. Then he comes around to the Gabar and Brachos, which says a person should always organize first the praise and afterward the davening. Now that's a different breakup, right? One is shevach, praise, and then whatever was the other thing was the davening. Whereas in the original question, he had the, the davening as separate from the requesting. He said, we, we thought those were separate. How do we know that? From Moshe Rabbeinu, who said in Dvarm Gimel Chavtalet, Hashem Elohim atahachilosa laharos asavdecha asgad lachavagomer. Hashem, you have begun to show your servant all of your greatness and so on. And Hashem said, cross over and I will show you all of my midos. Okay, so I'm not sure exactly what's going on over here, 100%, but there's, we have some ideas. <laughs> and it seems really to turn on an understanding of the relationship between Rina, which is singing, not necessarily praise, it's singing in response to salvation. There's the praising of Hashem, there's this idea of tefillah, there's an idea of bakasha or tachina, which are asking for things. And really what it comes down to is Rina Zotfila. Rina, the singing, that is the tefillah. That is the davening. And the davening, that is the requesting. Like, you, you, you're trying to break it apart. And although there are different angles and even different phases, because we know that we start our davening with shevach, with the part that's prayed. Not the whole davening, sorry. The tefillah of Shmona Esrei has three brachos at the beginning that are called that are known as shevach as praise and the middle is the bakasha the requesting and the end is the hoda the gratitude so we do have different phases and different aspects and i think what the i think what abu darham is trying to tell us is that these are the same these are really all aspects of one thing whatever this thing is it includes rina it includes shevach it includes bakasha this thing of tefillah is all of those. It's all part of it. So one thing I wanted to look at was a couple of things that help us understand about the, this rina that I happen to have a few notes on because I have a daughter, rina. So when she had her bas mitzvah, I looked up about rina and did a little research. Um, I did a lot of research. We're not going to cover all <laughs> A lot of sources for the word rina. But uh, the simplest thing always, of course, is to see what Rehearse says about Rina because he will, he will have gone through all those sources mm-hmm. and distilled them down into some definition that will work consistently across all of the sources. Okay, so one is, for example, in Tehillim Kof Yudches, Kol Rina Vishua Be'ahalei Tzadikim. So um, that's a pretty famous pasuk and a nice song. The, the sound or the voice of Rina and salvation is heard in the tents of the righteous. And Rehearse says, Rina is the sound of the rejoicing. It's, it's singing, but it doesn't have to actually have a tune. It's the rejoicing in the joyous, in the joyous tidings of salvation. That's why it's kol rina vishua. 
the sound of Rina and salvation, because Rina is the rejoicing sound, the rejoicing response when you hear that you've been saved. When you find out the news that, that, in the, that actually where you thought you were in so much trouble and you've actually been saved, the response to that is Rina. You have a daughter named Rina. I have a daughter named Rina, yes. Baruch Hashem. She's a good singer. A granddaughter. Okay. So Rav Hirsch also says, with regard to Rina, um, as in, Hazorim bedima berina yiktsaru, those who plant or sow their seeds mm-hmm. with tears, um, berina yiktsaru will, will sing and rejoice when they harvest. That which comes to us as weeping at night in the darkest hours of our lives, that which we bewail as a calamity, will be greeted with joyous song in the morning. Mm-hmm. What he's showing is it's Hazorim Bedima, that seed that you planted with the tears, you reap with rejoicing. It's the, it's the same thing. It's not that it is different or that now it was difficult and later it's better. It's that what was in the night something that, that, we, that we came to with weeping, that very same thing that seemed like a calamity will be greeted with joyous song in the morning. When the lights come on and we can see it for what it is, suddenly we will see the whole thing as being really our salvation. This is a topic we've touched on many times, just not specifically in terms of Rena. We will be able to rejoice in the beneficial results of that which first seemed to be just cause for tears. Okay, one more piece. In non-Jewish quarters, this is a quote from Rav Hirsch, the relationship between God and man is thought of as gloomy and solemn. Therefore, I mean, he's clearly talking about certainly the religious environment in Germany, which I think is, was pretty heavily Lutheran. It was pretty serious, right? Therefore, non-Jews imagine that a way of life such as our own permeated throughout with the impress of service to God. I mean, we use these heavy terms, service and dedication and giving ourselves over entirely. That must be a joyless, stunted existence. They cannot conceive that the wellspring of the purest joy of life Serene and unclouded flows forth from the lofty granite rocks of devoted homage to God, and that, as a matter of fact, grief or sadness are never permitted to cross the threshold of the sanctuary of the Lord. Israel calls out to the other nations, at this place, meaning the Beis HaMikdash, you shall learn to do homage to God, which, though profoundly solemn, goes hand in hand with loftiest emotions of pure joy. That... Yeah, sure, it is serious. It, this is serious stuff, but it's happy. It's deeply joyous. This is also Rena. Okay, so I want to just turn back a second where the question we started with with Abu Darham was, well, what, like what comes first? There, there's bakasha, there's what I'm asking for. In other words, coming from a place of need, mm-hmm. of a problem, or is there like the praise? <laughs> or is there the singing? Like, what is it? And Chazal were trying to tell us, Rina zo tefillah. Tefillah zo bakasha. No, Rina is tefillah. Tefillah is bakasha. Sort of like A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. Rina is bakasha. Wait, how could that be? And that's what Rav Hirsch was trying to tell us about the meaning of Rina itself. 
Rena is not just happy or fun. In fact, fun is, uh, or what we'd call, let's say, schok, uh, right? A kind of a, a happy laughter, a playing. That's not something that's for too much in this world. It's much more for the next world. That's why, then our mouths will be filled with sechok. And Chazal say, your mouth shouldn't be full of sechok in this world. That, that's not quite right, because you're in the dark. So then your sechok is like, what's it based on? Okay, that would be coming from a kind of real lightheartedness. But, but Rina, Rina is joy and singing that stems from the news of the salvation. And in Shemona Esrei is where what we've been talking about, right? This idea of both expressing what we need and at the same time hearing that it's God's will that it be fulfilled. Rina is tefillah. Tefillah is bakasha. It all is really rolled into one place in Shemona Esrei, even though at any one instant we might be in one phase or another of that experience and of appreciating it. The feeling of the need, really, the expression of the need when it comes to Shona Esrei, when we're trying to align our will with his will, then the need contains within itself the salvation. The salvation contains within itself the request for the salvation. It's all really one piece. And we hear it all as, as one. Ideally, we hear it all as one. Um, okay, which brings us to another thought here. There's another pasuk, another pasuk with the word rina. Rani v'simchi bas tzion. That's actually the pasuk my rina is named after. Rani v'simchi bas tzion. Yeah, rejoice, sing in rejoicing, v'simchi, and be happy, daughter of Zion. Kihinaniba, for I have come, or I am coming, Vishakanti Besochech Neum Hashem, and I will dwell within you, says Hashem. Okay. Now this okay, so there's an association here of the state of Rina, which we now know Rina is Tefillah, Tefillah is Bakasha. The state of Rina and Hashem is coming and he will dwell within you. Now that idea of dwelling within you. Right? So, <clears throat> Mitzvah's David on that Pasuk, which is a Pasuk in Zechariah, says, I will come to Yerushalayim, and I will dwell within you. Not you, Jerusalem, you, Bastion, you, Israel. Right? It's actually daughter of Zion, and some of the Mephorshim over there say, this is talking about the fact that the Geula is 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 in the future to be triggered by the women. And so there's a specific connotation there. Okay. That idea is something we've seen before at the building of the Mishkan. Well, Hashem says, Va'asuli Mishkan, make for me, uh, Mikdash, make for me a Mikdash, a holy place, like Beis HaMikdash, Veshachanti Besocham. And I will, they shall make for me a mikdash, and I will dwell within them. There's only one mikdash, so what's within them? So that we understand that the Pasuk meant that Hashem Shechina, Shachanti, Shechina, meaning the tangible sense 
not only feeling sense, but tangible, like being able to see it, of God's presence in the world will be within the Mikdash. But really the Pazak said, Bisilcham, I will dwell within them. Hashem says, I will dwell within the hearts of the people. That's very similar to this Pasuk. Rani Vesimchi Bastion Kihinini Ba, I'm coming. Vishalchanti Bisochech. The dwelling will be within you. Okay. So this is a this kind of takes us then to a new a new idea. I did want to like point out this idea of hearing of hearing two things at once with the same word. That's actually a pasuk in Tehillim. Okay, in Tehillim Samach Beis, Achas Diber Elokim, one God spoke, Shtaim Zu Shamati, these two I heard. Ki Ozle Elokim, because power is God's. God spoke one, I heard two. And Chazal teach many things on that. Um, Shla kind of retranslates it as one thing Hashem has spoken, I heard the dual meaning. And that refers to the fact that we have two, two versions of the Ten Commandments in the Torah. They are almost the same, but somewhat different. In other words, Hashem spoke one set of Aseris Adibros, but yet we heard two. There's more meaning. And really, the way to understand that is there's more than one meaning in Torah. Actually, it's it's actually more awesome than that, I think. There's a Gemara in Sanhedrin, in Lama Dalet Amur Aleph, Mikra Echad Yotze, quoting this Pasuk, Mikra Echad Yotze Lekamatamim. One Pasuk can branch out into many, many meanings. Ve'en tam Echad Yotze Mikama Mikros. But you don't get many meaning, one meaning from many verses. In other words, there are a lot of layers and branches of meaning that can come out and grow out from one Pasuk and Torah. But you don't have one idea that you learn from a whole lot of different Pasukim. In other words, it isn't redundant. Each one is coming to teach something different. Now, it could be that you will find all 70 aspects of Torah, 70 different, def 70 different lessons from one verse. But it's not that you have one concept and you learn it in 70 places. Because that would say, if that was all there was, right, then that would mean that they were redundant. So it isn't that, the Gemara is telling you. That there's so much folded into the words of Torah that it can come out, and that's indicated in the Pasuk. Hashem speaks once, I hear twice. I can hear more than one thing, and that's true. It's correct. God means for me to hear more. But it's only Hashem who can do that. Only Hashem who can speak one word and have that encapsulate all of the Ten Commandments and all of the Torah, and we could actually make that out. Now, we're not able to hear it all packed into one word, so in our mind it comes and it starts branching out, and we hear all the Ten Commandments in that one word, all bundled together, right? Because I have this description of Hashem saying one thing, and it's the whole Sarasat How could you hear such a thing? We don't know, but somehow it managed to shake itself out in our mind so that we could hear all the parts to it. From this, I can learn two things. And this, the Kliyakar, the Kliyakar is really addressed, it, this is a Kliyakar on, in Bereshis. In the second paragraph of Bereshis, Biyom Asos Hashem Elohim Eretz 
Over here you have the term Hashem Elohim. Whereas in the first parak of Bracious, everything was Elohim. Bracious bara Elohim, right? And also it said, Bracious bara Elohim, Esa Shamayim Aretz, the heavens and the earth Hashem created. And in Parak Bays, on the day when Hashem made, when Hashem Elohim made Eretz Vishamayim, which is the other way around. So that's the question he's addressing over there. I'm not going to do his whole answer just because it's not really our topic, but it's very nice, Kliyakar. All Kliyakars are nice. That's why he calls them Kliyakar. Sometimes at the end he'll say, Yakar. This is very precious because it's Kliyakar. Like, it's, you see how much he enjoys the beauty of the explanations and understanding the verses. Okay, so what, so what is this? What is this shituf, this putting together that Chazal told us about when they said, and Rashi quotes it, that Hashem first came to create the world with the Midas Hadin. Very interesting. This just reminds me, and I said this, I think, maybe on Shabbos, but there's a Maharal, and I don't know where it is. Maybe Parshas Chayasara. I heard it from Rabbi Eisman on a recording where the Maharal points out that Din is Lashon Yachid. Do you remember that? That it's singular. Din is one. It fits very well also over here. And Rachamim is Lashon Rabim. Yeah. It just happens to fit here also very well. Two plus. Okay. Um, that Hashem first intended to create the, the universe with the Midah of Din. One. <laughs> Justice. And then saw that the world would not, the lower worlds would not be able to be sustainable under those circumstances, and therefore he he was mishtatev. He he joined together, partnered midas harachamim and midas hadin to create the world. So he says, with regard to this partnering, and and this he uses this to explain also why the order is different. One is eretz v'shamayim, and one is shamayim v'aretz. With regard to this partnership. The sweet singer of Israel, <laughs> meaning David, said, Achas diber Elohim, one spoke God, Elohim, which is Midas Hadin, which is interesting in light of that Maharal as well, right? One thing Hashem spoke, that would be Midas Hadin also on its own, Shtaim zo shamati, but I heard two. And the world was created with Din, but by the time I heard anything, it's already two. It's already Midas Hadin together with Midas Harachamin. Because in the beginning, one thing is, one, one midah is what Hashem spoke. In other words, the creation of the universe. Midah achas nizkara b'shem Elohim. With only one midah it was mentioned, that's the name of Elohim. Bereshis bara Elohim. But afterwards, shtaim zo shamati. But afterwards, there are two midos, which I heard when we say, when the Torah says, biyom asos Hashem Elohim. On the day when Hashem Elohim created the, the earth and the heavens. And a hint to this is, that Shtaim, what is he? I don't know what he's saying here. He says this number two adds up to 26. I don't know what he's referring to, but the 26 is the name of Rachamim. That's Yud and He and Vav and He adds up to 26. If that 26 is really two, the name of Rachamim is two that I heard, then if you divided it if in half, so you'd have two of them, right? You'd have Yud Gimel, which is Echad, one. It's interesting. Like, 
<laughs> right? And Ahava also, which include which are included in the name of Rachamim. And this is hinted to in Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, and putting the two together and saying that they are one, but the one, if you double it up, and then it's two, and then it looks like Rachamim. One is what Hashem spoke, but two is what I heard. It's very interesting and definitely far too deep for me. Okay, but I, that's interesting how it tied in with that Maharal. It really helps there. Okay, so why did I say all of this? I think that it, it bridges and it closes what we said in the past, which is this concept of aligning our will with Hashem's will, attempting to unify it as best as we can. And in doing so, more and more we are able to hear in one word two meanings, the bakasha, the need, and also the salvation. And this is the concept that rina is tefillah, tefillah is bakasha. I think it will also help bridge us to the concept um, through the idea that this rina this, and this concept of tefillah this is, this is unique and specific to a certain kind of place, which is a place of v'shachanti b'socham. I will dwell within you. That's, these, this is something that is brought together in a certain place or a certain uh, making of it into a place where Hashem will come and be with us. And that's going to bring us into this next concept of the 18 brachas of Shemona Esrei. So Abu Darham, he brings together, it's like a lot of different things about 18, and he really seems to bring all of them together. So that's where I'm going to learn it from. These are sourced from the Gemaras, the Gemara in Yerushami, and I think he brings also from the Gemara Bakli, although I'm not sure. Okay. Garcinan be Yerushami. It is taught in the Gemara Yerushami in Perak Tvila Sashachar, the part about the morning prayers. Lama tiknu shmona esrei brachos. Why did Chazal establish, or why did the Anshe Knesset Hagdola establish the davening, the core, the central core of the tefillah, to be made of 18 brachos? Why that? It could have been 18 praises. It could have been 12. It could have been like and some other number. By the way, on Shabbos and on, on Yantif, <laughs> the Amida doesn't have 18. Right. So we see that it's certainly a possibility to not have 18 as the number of brachos because it isn't always 18. So why is 18 the core for the everyday Amida? Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi Amar. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi said, Keneged Shmona Esrei Mizmorim Shekzuvim Berosh Tehillim Ad Ya'ancho Hashem Beyom Tzara. So Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi says, the reason that there are 18 brachas in Shmona Esrei corresponds to the first 18 prakim of Tehillim. It would be really, you know, it didn't occur to me, but it would be a very interesting project to look at those 18 prakim of Tehillim and see how they correspond to the 18 brachas of Shmona Esrei. That would be very interesting. But there's a sort of an odd thing about saying this. <laughs> Which is, it's that he didn't just say the first 18 prakim. He said the first 18 prakim of Tehillim until you get to Lam Natseach Mizmor LeDavid, Ya'ancho Hashem Beyom Tzara. Hashem will answer you in your time of trouble. The only thing about that is that's chapter 20. <laughs> okay? All right. And if someone will say to you, 
Chasrahim, but it isn't 18. It's 19. There are 19 chapters of Tehillim. Okay, now first of all, you're going to right away say, oh, hang on. So is Shmon <laughs> right? But it isn't Shmon it's Chasrahim, right? And more low, you should tell him, Lama Rug Shugoyim, the second chapter of Tehillim. Okay. The first one is Ashrei Ha'isha Sherlohalach Ba'atas Rishaim. Happy rejoicing is the person who did not walk in the according to the advice of the wicked and doesn't walk on the path of the sinners or stand on it and doesn't sit among the cynics or the mockers. The second parak is Lama Rug Shugoyim. Why are all of the nations and the other countries um, getting, getting all excited and talking and about whatever? And it goes on from there. And then the third chapter is Mizmor Ledavid Bevarcha So if you're going to say, but hang on, you told me that it's corresponding to the first 18 chapters of Tehillim, but they aren't 18, there are 19 of them. You should tell him, Lama Rug Shugayim that the second chapter of Tehillim, we don't count that one. How come? Um, actually, he doesn't answer how come here, but I saw elsewhere. Rav Schwab says, that Mizmor is known to us as number 20. The Gemara says that the Mizmorim, Ashrei Ha'ish and Lama Rag Shugayim, chapters one and two should be counted as one not as two separate chapters. Mm -hmm. And that when the Chachamim added the 19th bracha to Shmona Esrei, they separated the first chapter of Tehillim Mm. into two so that the same principle would still apply. Meaning when it was 18, it really was 18 chapters Mm -hmm. to get you to the point of Yan HaShem B'Yom Tzara. Unbelievable. So everything else... The numbering got... All the numbers get shifted down after one. So after... After number one. So they used to be 149. Apparently. Apparently. (laughs) Okay. They separated the first chapter of Tehillim into two to equal 19 until Yancha Hashem B'Yom Sarah. Perhaps one could say that eventually, when the Rishon disappear from the world and the Birkas Haminim becomes unnecessary, the first two chapters will again be combined to put the total back to 18. Could be. Which is a deeper concept, of course, that he's referring to, the idea of the end of sin, right, and the world functioning in accordance. Like, there's no reason Shimon Esrei should become obsolete just because we won't feel the needs, since those needs are actually the expressions of Hashem's will. When the world is functioning according to Hashem's will, it's just as necessary or just as relevant. We just won't hear the Shmona the same way. It will sound to us as an expression of, of gratitude that this is how you created the world, that this is how the world is. Not this is how you want it to be, but this is how it actually is, mm-hmm. with the exception of that 19th bracha, which will kind of not be so relevant, and then it could be used, which is back. Okay. Amarabi Simon. Rabbi Simon. My boys are always laughing about the name, not laughing, but they're always saying like, you know, it seems like they took all kinds of names. <laughs> Simon certainly sounds like Simon. Mm-hmm. Not Shimon and not, right? So I don't know. There are a lot of names like this in, in the different Gemaras, like these unusual, clearly non-Jewish 
names. Amar Rabbi Simon. Rabbi Simon said, This is a more well-known one. That it corresponds 18 blessings to the 18 vertebra of the spine. Mm. That, and that is a reference to the fact that at the time when a person stands up and davens, so first of all, the standing itself is a function of the spine, the ability to stand. And when a person stands to daven, he needs to, okay, to meditate, to think deeply about all of it. But also, lashuach is also the root, lehishtachavos, um, which is to bow yourself down completely. So even though you're standing to daven, in the same way that you would lay yourself down in the Beis HaMikdash, like, kind of like what we do on, on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, the bowing down all the way to the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is, in the Beis HaMikdash, they did it stretched out completely. I don't think they were bent over the way we are. It's really spread out. Um, it, you're standing up, and yet you're spreading yourself out completely mm-hmm. in Shemana Esrei. It's both. So the closest we get to that, more or less, is Modim. What is the reason for this? What's the connection? It's the Pasuk in Tehillim Lamed Hey, Kol Atzmosai Tomarna. All of my bones say, Hashem mi kamocha, Hashem who is like you. So all of my bones are saying it, but that, that recruitment, the involvement of all of them depends upon the spine. Ubisamuda didan, in the Talmud it says, Shebir kasaminim, that that 19th added bracha, that that was added and it corresponds to the very small bone that's at the end of the spine, which is either at the top, at the base of the head, that direction, or at the tailbone. Furthermore, in the Gemara, it said, uh, no, sorry, I just skipped. Okay. Amar Rabbi Levi. Rabbi Levi said, the easiest place to find is in Tehillim. It's Tehillim Chavtes. <laughs> used to be Tehillim Chavres, apparently. <laughs> We're all going to have to go renumber our Tehillim someday. All right. So this, uh, we sing this on Shabbos. We'll take out the Torah and also Friday night and Kabbalah Shabbos. Okay. It corresponds to 18 mentions of Hashem's name. In the parak of Tehillim, Mizmor Ladavid, Havu Lashem Bnei Elim, bring honor to Hashem, sons of the mighty ones. That means the children of Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. Havu Lashem Kavod Vaoz, give God honor and attribute to Him power. Havu Lashem Kavod Shmo. Attribute to Hashem the honor that is worthy of his name. Bow down to him in the holy temple. Hashem's voice is on the waters. Hashem's voice thunders over mighty waters. Hashem's voice is in strength. Hashem's voice is in, It's interesting in light of what we've learned about Shonesser so far, right? Okay, so. Mizmor Ladavid. Havu Hashem b'nei elim. Havu Hashem kavod vaoz. It shatters the mighty cedars. And he shatters the trees of Lebanon. We're up to 10, right? 
כל השם חוצב להבוס אש, כל השם יכיל מדבר, יכיל השם מדבר קדש, כל השם יכול אל איילוס, ויחשב יארוס ובהיכלו, כולו אומר כבוד, השם לא מבו ישר וישב השם מלך לעולם, השם עוז למו ייתן, השם יברך את עמו ושלום. That's the correspondence. 18 times Hashem's name is mentioned. We build 18 times out of those names of God, 18 brachos of Shemona Esrei. Again, it would be very awesome. Rav David Cohen does some of this. I don't know if I'll ever get to it. It's currently 29. <laughs> um, it would be awesome to really work this out like, and see how they correspond. He's done quite a lot of the footwork already in, in his various... Volumes of Masse's Kapai. It's, it's distributed throughout, you know, nine volumes here and there. Okay. What about the 19th one? We've got a 19th bracha. We can't just ignore it. And he says, the Gemara says, that that corresponds to Kel HaKavod Hirim, which is referring to Hashem. It's the names of Hashem, but it's not the same one. It's like a lower level one, so to speak. I don't know, I can't say that. I don't know, what do I know what I'm talking about here, right? Kel HaKavod. Just Hashem, the glorious one, but Kel over here is the name of Hashem, which is, um, it's referring to power. Hashem, who is the, the powerful one, the, and sort of, it's like the root of Elohim in a sense, right? The one who has control over all powers. This is related name to that. Okay, and that corresponds to the 19th one. Rabbi Hanina b'shem Rabbi Pinchas Amar. Rabbi Hanina in the name of Rabbi Pinchas taught, K'neged Shemona Esrei Pa'amim She'avos K'suvim Batorah. It corresponds to 18 places in the Torah, which I think somewhere I made, I did make a list of those, but I have no idea where the list is. Probably show up as I finish sorting all of these pages here. Um... 18 places in the Torah where all three avos are mentioned in the same pasuk. Hmm. Which is interesting because we know that the first three brachos of Shemona Esrei are the brachos of the forefathers. Hmm. Okay, so we, we say that there's 18 places where the three of them are mentioned together and that somehow is the core of Shemona Esrei or the seed from which Shemona Esrei grows out. We also know that we attribute Shachris, Mincha, and Mayriv to the three forefathers as well. Okay, we start our davening. The first brach of Shemona Esrei, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Good morning, Mommy. Good morning. Okay. And if someone will say to you, Chasrehim, hang on, there's 19 verses where all of the forefathers are, and this is so awesome, right? You say it corresponds to 18. In every case, there's a 19th, just it's different, right? <laughs> so when you only had 18 brachos, it's a perfect match. And when you have 19, you realize, you know what? It was a perfect match all along, right? There really was a 19th, but in some way it was the same and in some way it was different. So what about the 19th one? Amor lo, v'hine Hashem nitzavalav, is bracious chavches yud gimel, leisu miminyana. We don't count that one in the count of 18. I did look this up back in the day. Coming up on it quickly. This pasuk is when Yaakov 
has his dream. His dream when he's sleeping on the very location of the base Hamikdash and realizes that this is the gateway for prayers to heaven. And the gate, okay, it's like a very, very relevant location for this topic. And behold, he saw Hashem standing over him. And he said, God said, Ani Hashem Elokei Avraham Avicha. I am Hashem, the Lord of Avraham, your father, Veloke Yitzchak, and the Lord of Yitzchak, Haaretz Asherat Hashocheva Leha, the land which you are sleeping upon, Lecha Etnena Ulezarecha. I will give it to you and your children. Okay, that's a third pasuk where all three of them are mentioned. Well, we don't count that one. Why? The name of Yaakov is not in that Pasuk. We were only counting Pesukim that had the name Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov in it. So, of course, that will be then the 19th. Because Yaakov is mentioned in the Pasuk. He just isn't mentioned by name in the Pasuk. So you really do have all three of them mentioned in the Pasuk. They just, one of them is missing a name. Now, what if someone will say, no, 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 wait. In this case, it's actually a little different. Not, I'm not argue, we won't argue about that pasuk. Now you have 18. Fine. But what about the 19th one? Or rather, what about, not, not, not the 19th one. What about, sorry, I'm just like rewind my numbers here. Okay, this one is going to be the 19th one. In other words, that will be the 19th one when you need the 19th. But otherwise, you have 18. We don't count that one because he isn't mentioned by name. So now, somebody might say a question. Wait a minute. Okay, fine. We accept that. We're good. But even in your group of 18, there's another one that seems like it doesn't belong. And therefore, you'd only have 17 in your 18. What's the other one that's questionable? And the other one that's questionable is also in Bracious, so we can open up the whole Pasuk, although we all know this one by heart because it's Bracious Memches Tazayin. This is the bracha of Yaakov to Menashe and Ephraim. Hamalach HaGoel Osimikora, the Malach that redeemed me, that saved me from all that is bad, Yivarech Es HaNe'arim, should bless the young, the, the youths, Ve'yikare Vohem Shmi, and call them by my name, Veshem Avosai, in the names of my forefathers, of my fathers, Avraham and Yitzchak, and let them multiply many uh, across the land. Well, that didn't have the name of Yaakov either. So maybe that's a problem. Sorry? It just says... In my, right. In my and the answer to that is, yes, it may not have the name Yaakov, but it has the name. Yaakov, meaning Shemi. So it's more than just a reference to him. There is the direct reference to his name. The Karvam Shemi, and therefore that one counts. Just like an interesting... Okay. So we have 19, 19 Pesukim in the Torah that reference all three Avos together. Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman, it's amazing how many of these there are, right? So, getting late, okay. Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani b'shem Rabbi Yonasan Omar. Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani in the name of Rabbi Yonasan says, Keneged Shmona Esrei Tzivuyim. The 18 corresponds to the 18 commands, Haksuvim b'parshas mishkan sheni, that are written in the second 
set of commands as to how to build the Mishkan. That's in Shmos Lamed Ches. Amar Rabbi Chia Bar Abba. Rabbi Chia Bar Abba says, Uvelechud min ohaliyav ben achisamach lamate don. Okay. Kitim sabasov sefer of Eilish Shmos. Okay. And this is, this corresponds as well to later on when the commands are fulfilled. 18 commandments as to how you should build the Mishkan. And then there's the 19th one. Um, which is an interesting, the 19th commandment is a sort of a negative commandment, which also fits very neatly with the 18 and the 19, because the 19th is a kind of a negative bracha. Um, but furthermore, you will find at the end of Shemos that there are 18 times that it says, Kasher Tziva Hashem as Moshe. When the Mishkan was actually built exactly in accordance with how it was commanded, there are 18 times that it says, as Hashem commanded Moshe. So it corresponds to the 18 commandments which total together build the Mishkan. That's the 18 brachos that total together build Shmona Esrei. And I don't think this is part of the Gemara. I think this is Abu Darham now inserting. Since the, the prayers, that formulation of 18 brachos was only finally established at the beginning of the Second Temple era. He actually doesn't say the beginning, but we know that it's the beginning. We also know that it was re, reconfirmed at the end, which is very interesting. It's bracketed, right? You have the beginning of the Second Temple where it's formulated. You have the end of the Second Temple where it was verified what that order had been in the beginning. We had to make sure we knew. That's why it corresponds to the commandments in this, the second time that we talk about what the Mishkan should be. Mishkan Sheni. It's not the second Mishkan. It's the second description of the Mishkan. It's the second description because it is the second house of God, so to speak, that is where this is going to happen. The Talmud also says, why are there 18 brachos? Niskanu gam shmona eskrei haskara shebekriyashma. It corresponds to 18 mentions of God's name in Kriyashma. Ki simtza bekriyashma bein Hashem uvein Elohim. If you include the name yud Hey vav Hey and the name Elohim, 18 mentions of Hashem's name. What about the 19th for the Minim? That corresponds to the word Echad, which is defined right there. Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. It's clearly referring to an, as a name of God. And in Vayikra Rabbah, why 18 brachos corresponding to 18 mentions in the Song of Moshe? That you will find there 11 mentions of the name of God, sort of the pure name of God. And then you have the name Ka and Keli and Elokai, which are also names of God, which brings you to 14. And in Vayosha Hashem, that brings you another four, which adds up to 18 references to God's name at the crossing of the sea. The Medrash also says, also attributes the 18 to the crossing of the Red Sea and the Aziashir, which is also very interesting and significant, right? Because Shira is that, is, is kind of like what we we're talking about with the Rina. I mean, Shira is not the, not the singing rejoicing. Shira is a singing from seeing. It's a level of nevu of being able to see how it was all part of the plan, how it was all good all along. So it's a very similar concept that it's 18 verses 
in Shiraz Hayam, and also 18 verses in the Ten Commandments, which brings us back to the God spoke once, I heard twice, right? And then, and I, I think this is Abu Darham, I don't think this is the Gemara, you also will find that 18 times a week we daven a bracha of 18 brachos. We daven a tefillah of 18 brachos. Because six days a week, we daven three times a day a Shmona Esrei. On Shabbos, there aren't 18 brachos in the Shmona Esrei. So it comes out that 18 times a week, you daven a, bra- a, a, a set of 18 brachos of Shmona Esrei. Okay. <laughs> We've got a lot of 18s. Where's the 19th in that one? Where's the, I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Okay. And maybe, maybe Rav Schwab will say it. He doesn't, he, that's one where he doesn't say it. Okay, so Rav Schwab starts to list a whole bunch of these. He says, it behooves us to understand why the Anshe Knesset Hagdola composed 18 brachos to be the tefillah. And what is the significance of 18 in davening? Chachamim, he it's a typical understatement. Quite a few reasons have been cited by our Chachamim. <laughs> I didn't count them, but I did like, I finally started writing in the margin, like, you know, what the different ones are. There's a lot going on here. Okay. 18 times the name of Hashem is mentioned in Shema. 18 times the name Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov appear together as a unit in the Torah. These are, a lot of them are in different sources. They're not the same source. 18 times the phrase kasher tziva Hashem as Moshe, as Hashem commanded Moshe, appears at the end of Parshas Pekude. And in the description of how Moshe erected the Mishkan, it appears after each action along the way. 18 chapters of Tehillim from the beginning until Yam Hashem, until the 20th. Um... Eighteen times David says the name of Hashem in the Mizmor Havu Lashem Bnei Elin, which is said Friday at Kabbalah Shabbos, Shabbos when the Sefer Torah is brought out. And this is why it is customary to stand when saying this parak of Tehillim. Because, oh, this might be the 19th time. Listen to this. This might answer your question. The reason why many kihilos have the minhag to stand while saying this Mizmor is because its 18 azkaros, its 18 mentions of Hashem's name, takes the place of the 18 brachos of the weekday Shemona Esrei. Now, Kabbalah Shabbos is a much later edition. I don't know that you could count it that way. But the 18... Oh, let me get the door for I have a meeting in two. But the 18 of the morning could be the 19th time that we say Shemona Esrei with the brachos. Um, and he also quotes Rav Sadia Gaon, Rav Schwab, this is not brought on Abu Darham. Rav Sadia Gaon in the Siddur says he counts 18 times in which the Torah mentions somebody said a tefillah to Hashem. There's also not something I knew. He says Rav Sadia Gaon also mentions that the Torah designated 18 days in the year as Yamim Tovim. There are seven days of Pesach, one day of Shavuos, one day Rosh Hashanah, one day Yom Kippur, eight days Sukkot, and Shemini Atzeres. Uh, well, seven days of Sukkot plus Shemini Atzeres makes another eight. But we still have the question, so what's the meaning of the number 18? What, what is all this 18 about? So I'm going to give you Rav Schwab's answer, and then we'll build on it a little more, but I'll do that next week. I have to be on time today. Okay.
So what's 18? So to talk about 18, he goes back to that one that we've heard more often, which is that 18 brachos corresponds to 18 joints or 18 vertebrae in the spine. That because when a person davens and he bows down, we talked about this with modim, I'm trying to remember when that was, that we talked about it, with the snake, right? That when a person, a person's spine will turn into a snake unless he bows at modim. I'm trying to remember what the context was that we talked about that some months ago. Um, a, when a person bows down at, in Shemona Esrei, he should bow until all of the joints, or all the, I don't know if it means the joints or the vertebrae, separate. Till there's open, till they're open between them. Like the verse says, Kolatz Mosai Tomarna Hashem Mikamocha. My all of my bones say Hashem Mikamocha. You bend your neck, you bow, and then you bend your back until it's all open, and in this way you recruit your entire body. So, in other words, and also looking back at all the other cases where these are sets of 18, and we say the Shimon Esri is based on these sets of 18. The number 18 is representing a physical framework. He says the physical framework of the human being. It's a physical framework of our whole body as being fully dedicated to Hashem through tefillah. I think let's stop there. Let's use that as our working definition. And then next week we will explore that more. How does that play out? Because not all the examples were the body. I Meaning that the fact that he started with the vertebra but that how does that apply to the mishkan okay maybe say like there are correspondences with the mishkan and the body but i want to explore that more i want to nail that definition down more but rav schwab's definition is the number 18 represents the physical framework of a human being where that becomes the korban to hashem through tefillah well, let's stop there i think that's that's the I'll give you something to think about too